Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Monday, May 23rd edition of the Basement Academy. You might hear a little rasp in my voice. Some of it's the stuff in the air, the allergies or the pollen, etc. But some of it is yesterday, a very, very full day, wonderful day. Uh, both services in the morning were very rich and full uh, with the choir and baptisms and uh, the preaching of the word, meeting a mission partner, but also in the afternoon, a gathering in the chapel uh, to celebrate the ordination uh, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Austin House. And so what a great day, but I kind of used a lot of words. So maybe today will be a little short this morning. <clears throat> I want to begin with the morning psalm. Psalm 143, I love this one verse that we'll hear. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. May it ever be so, Lord. Psalm 143 is a psalm of David. O Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit faints with longing. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Rescue me from my enemies, O Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies. Destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. Psalm 143. What we do in time of trial and distress is we pray. And we cry out, God, answer me. Speak. Let the morning bring word of your unfailing love. And his thanks be to God that his steadfast love and his mercies never cease. They never come to an end. Great is God's faithfulness to us. So whatever you're going through today, um, I pray that this and some other expression may be a way that God brings a, a word of his love to you. Okay. Let's read the second half of chapter 1, James, beginning verse 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. 
Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Hmm. That's the second half of, of James, uh, James chapter 1. Okay, we'll kind of unpack this for a, a few days. The, the first thing to point out is we can't lose the context. See, this is, this is kind of familiar. We're in some familiar territory. Uh, be, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Listen to the word and do it. Don't be a hearer only, but be a doer of the word. And so that's, a, I think, a pretty familiar passage and part of James. But the context is still the trials, uh, the, the, the trials of many kinds that we face, the testing of our faith that produces perseverance. And so, you know, one of the challenges uh, that we have in Bible reading and study is that we often hear passages kind of cut out of their context. So any sermon, you know, takes a passage and, and it's really hard to pay attention to what was going on just before it and what comes after it. And so context, I don't wanna say governs, but it certainly shapes and influences. And so the, the call here, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, is said in the context of, of, of the challenges, the trials, the difficulties that we face. The question is, how do we respond? Typically, when we hit uh, hard times, something doesn't go our way, the tendency is for us to become angry and to speak a lot of words. <laughs> words of complaint, words of accusation, words that portray that we are victims in this situation, but usually, we grumble and moan and whine and complain about the difficult thing. And so there's a lot of words and there's often anger. We're frustrated, we're, we're, we're furious. <laughs> Any number of expressions of anger from, from, from hot fury to just a burning resentment. But when things don't go our way, we usually don't like it. And when we don't like things, we talk a lot about it <laughs> and we get angry. And James says, don't do it. Be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. And then he goes on, uh, that's verse 19. And then in verse 21, humbly accept the word planted in you, which again is a kind of a picture of listening, of kind of receiving uh, a message, a word that, that, that comes. So <clears throat> this, 
It's counterintuitive, right? Uh, It's counterintuitive to consider uh, it all joy when we encounter the trials of many kinds. And it's counterintuitive. It's counter to our practice and our experience to when the trial comes, the difficulty comes, to, to seal our lips and to um, kind of hold our tongue and hold our temper. That's not typically the way we respond. So lead with your ears. Be quick to listen. What's going on here what, in this trial? Is somebody telling me something? Are there people that are telling me something? Might God be trying to tell me something? Okay? We, we, have, to, we have to consider that in the midst of the trial, God might be wanting to shape something in me, get my attention uh, in some way. And so James advocates that we lead with our ears. Um, The the way I like to say this sometimes in pastoral conversation, because typically folks come to me not when their life is going great, but when things are hard. And I I welcome that, so so I I don't complain about that. But my experience is that I spend a lot of time talking to a lot of people who are having hard times in their lives. And what I encourage them to do is to get their antenna up. That something happens in the time of trial. Um, we're disoriented. We're a little off balance. Things aren't going, you know, because when things are going well, we can just put life on autopilot. We just get up, go about our business, you know, pursue our, our day, our, our activities. But when things have not gone our way, we're, we're disrupted and we're disoriented. We're a little off balance. And that can become a, a wonderful opportunity to encounter God. Um, I believe there, there's a, a, a gentle uh, word here to, to seeking godly counsel, okay? Uh, listening to the word. Receiving a word planted, okay? Probably a reference to the, the word of truth, God's word of truth. So in the time of trial, we need to recognize something bigger is going on. God's testing our faith. Uh, there, there's a, uh, an opportunity to develop perseverance. Perseverance must complete its work. Um, that wholeness, that maturity. Um, uh, James has reminded us that, that we're, we're, we, we have this new birth. God has given us birth by his word of truth. So. So in the trial, we need to receive that word, not just talk our way in our frustration and our disappointment and our anger. Um, It is hard to receive counsel in times of difficulty. It's hard to find good counselors in time of difficulty. Typically, people will come alongside Hey, what's going on? You grumble and complain and they say, yeah, you sure were treated wrong or yeah, I can't believe that happened to you. They'll often just kind of sympathize and affirm and that's not all bad. So hear me out. But thanks be to God for those who listen when we share our complaints. And then after listening, they form a thoughtful reply that, 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 that comes in a maybe a different direction than we wanted, but says, huh, I wonder if, if something else is going on here. If, if you're in 
conversation with a Christian who might know James, I wonder if this is one of those trials that God has that might be developing your faith. Yeah, I don't want to hear that right now. I don't want my faith developed. I want things to go my way. Thanks be to God for godly counselors, who truth tellers, who speak to us and remind us of that larger perspective. You know, remember what the, the scripture says in James, I think it says it also in Romans chapter five, that God uses hardship and difficulties to deepen us and to develop us and mature us. So lead with your ears, get your antenna up, ask people, go to the scriptures, ask people, receive the word that comes to you, this word of truth. Um, what I have learned personally, just in my own life, my own challenges in, in life growing up, and then vocationally as a pastor, just sitting with people for many years, I've just sat with folks uh, in, in, tough, uh, in tough times. And what I have learned is that God uses trials to get our attention, and then he speaks in a way I don't want to say this. The trial creates the context within which we can hear God speak in a way that, that, that's hard to in the midst of the day-to-day -day when things are going great. Because when things are going great, again, we're just on autopilot. We're going about our business. We don't have to think about things, right? We just give thanks to God. It's a great day. I, I, I say my prayers, you know, I go about, I'm, I'm, I'm eating my lunch and dinner. I'm spending time at work or in volunteer service or in the garden. And I'm not thinking, but trial puts us in a situation where what is going on here? I don't understand. I'm confused. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I'm hurt. But that kind of emotional state of being disoriented off balance creates a context, an openness. We're, we're open to hear in times of trial that I don't think we always are when things are just humming along. Again, this is why we count the trial as a joyful experience. God's going to speak. God's going to do something here. Over time, if we can allow ourselves to be trained by this understanding and, and let the words of, of Scripture shape us, when the trial comes, we can work through the emotional reaction a little more quickly. We can, you know, we're always going to complain a little bit, but we can kind of say, you know, I need to be slow to speak. I need to be slow to anger. I need to be quick to listen. Lord, help me to listen now. And so what I've learned, again, personally and vocationally, is that God speaks in times of trial. Uh, two passages. Um, go read the opening you know, eight, 10 verses of Deuteronomy chapter eight, and then Matthew chapter four, where Jesus has his wilderness testing. Deuteronomy eight is God speaking through Moses to the Israelites at the end of their 40 years of wilderness um, wanderings. They came out of Egypt 40 years earlier. God said, go take the land. They went and spied the land. 10 spies came back and said, nope, can't do it. We are like grasshoppers and they are like giants. Two spies said, absolutely. Josh and Caleb said, God is with us. He told us to go. Let's go. 
The community listened to the 10 spies. They, they refused to go forward. And God said, okay, have it your way. You're going to wander for 40 years until those who are older and did not believe uh, the, 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 the good report, you're going to die out. And so many died in the wilderness. And then it was the children who now had grown up who uh, went in. And so let me read just a portion of Deuteronomy 8. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Mm. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. And then he goes on and says, keep the commandments of God. In the wilderness wandering, so, so Israel gets that experience. Jesus fulfilling Israel's experience, right? Israel was tested. Jesus is tested. So he, he um, after his baptism, so as Israel goes to the Red Sea, then gets tested in the wilderness. So Jesus is baptized and then immediately is tested in the wilderness. And the tempter, the devil comes and says, turn these stones into bread because I know you're hungry. And Jesus says, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. He quotes Deuteronomy 8. And so there is this not by bread alone lesson that must be learned. A bread alone existence is all I need is food, clothing, shelter, work, um, uh, you know, good food, <laughs> a good glass of wine, you know, a, a big tall glass of sweet tea with a little lemonade sprinkled in it. Um, all I need are the things of this life. All I need is to pay attention to my body. And God says, no, there's another bread a bread that you can't physically hold, but it's a spiritual bread. Man does not live on bread alone. There's a spiritual bread, but every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, you need, we need to live in relationship with God. We need to hear God's word. We need to feed on God's word. We need to hold God's word in our lives. We need to obey God's word. And that's where we find our life. So there's a, certainly a horizontal dimension. We need bread but it's not bread alone. We also need the, the vertical relationship, the bread from heaven. And so manna, this, this miraculous thing that God did of providing for his people in the wilderness, he fed them, but it was a test. I caused you to hunger. I was testing you to see what was in your heart. Will you obey me? The generation before did not obey. Will you obey me? And so the, the, the desert is a time of trial. It's a time of testing. Interesting, the Hebrew language, I won't go into a deep dive, but what I will say is that the Hebrew word for desert or wilderness and the Hebrew word for word or speak, okay, these are etymologically related. 
and, and years ago when I was in a, in a rough patch, um, I, I had the, 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 the great blessing, Krista and I, to uh, spend uh, a fair amount of time with Bob and Claudia Mitchell. Bob was, um, had been involved with World Vision Ministry and, and uh, heading up Young Life, uh, the, the Young Life organization as well. And we were blessed to be able to spend some mentoring time uh, with them. And Bob pointed out that the word for desert, midvar, and the word for speak or word in Hebrew, davar, are etymologically related, suggesting that God speaks his words to his people in the desert. That is, he uses the trials particularly to get our attention to speak to us a life-giving, life-changing word. And so James, in the midst of your trials, the trials of many kinds, again, he's speaking to the scattered tribes, right? So it's probably the persecuted church that's been you know, thrust out of Jerusalem is scattered about. In this time of trial, be quick to listen. Be slow to speak, slow to become angry. God's doing something. God is speaking. And then humbly uh, receive and accept this word that God speaks, this word that is planted in you. So let's stop there and we'll pick up tomorrow a little bit more, talk about anger. <laughs> can't, can't avoid, we need to, we need to wrestle, wrestle that one through. And so let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the ways in which you have spoken to us in times of trial, the ways you may be speaking right now to some of us in a time of trial and the ways you will in the future speak to us in a time of trial. Oh God, by your grace, make us quick to listen. Give us a humility that receives the word you speak through scripture, through a sermon, through a song, through a trusted friend. Help us to hold our tongue, hold our temper, that we might be changed and transformed and develop perseverance and, and godly character. And so we pray this this day in the name of the one who endured the test for us in the wilderness, the one who chose to live not by bread alone, but on every word that comes through mouth, even Jesus our Lord. And so we pray as he taught us now saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Mm. Well, may God bless you with the daily bread of physical sustenance and the daily bread of his word this day and forevermore. Amen.